It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas, Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. It's a beautiful time in Texas, and God is working as we lead in love across Texas and across America, especially with our new podcast. Um, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and I am in studio with my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael. Good morning, Marlene. Good morning. It's early today. It is. What a beautiful <laughs> Saturday morning we have here in I Central know. Texas. Can you believe it's already September? No. No. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Except that I'm very excited that it is it's September because that means fall is coming. And that's my favorite time of year. So I'm, I am excited. You, you've seen one leaf fall and you threw it in the air and you said, yay, fall is here. Well, that and the pumpkin decorations are in the store. So, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Starbucks had their pumpkin spice latte came out earlier this or Well, I guess they brought back all the pumpkin spice stuff earlier this week. So, yeah, it's fall. We're just going to claim it. It's fall. It is. <laughs> Best time of the year. And we're out of the 100-degree weather now. Yes. Um, we're in the, the 90s um, and the mid to low 90s, so it's fall. Well, and, and you know, only in Texas would 90s be cool, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> you know what I actually thought this morning as I was getting dressed? I thought, oh, gosh, it's only going to be 89 today. Should I wear sleeves? I literally <laughs> thought that. <laughs> That is so crazy. So I guess we're both wishing for... Well, I'm actually wearing a sweater today. You are. <laughs> you are. You look great, actually. Um, oh, my stars. Well, friends, as you can tell, we have a great time here on Love Talk. So happy that you have joined us today on this Saturday morning where we just get to start our day together today. It's so fun to do that on Saturdays with you. Today, we're discussing back-to-school warriors. You know, we've been back to school for a couple of weeks now, and it's it, it, this topic is so relevant, Marlene, and uh, some of the points that we're going to bring up with our guests today are just so fantastic, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. You know, we have been in this series of What is God Doing? And for the first time in, in my life, I have a, a kid in public school. And so it's been eye-opening experience. He's doing amazing. And uh, it's so funny. He's finding ways to just kind of infiltrate all of the places. He's such a big personality. Um, But I was at school the other day um, heading over to basketball practice and one of his teachers stopped me in the hallway and said, oh, my gosh, your son is so amazing. And so it was just Great to no, great did, to hear that. That didn't make you feel good at all. Oh my it? gosh! Can you see this? I'm sure our listeners can can hear the smile plastered on my face. Um, but just remember, friends, you know this show kind of piggybacks on a program that we did a couple of weeks ago, Marlene, called uh, "Equipping Our Children for Back to School." And our special guest that week was Suzanne Wood from Texas Baptist children's home and she gave gave us a, a i mean just some great mental health advice for our school aged kiddos and the Texas Baptist Children Children's Home offers a program called Hope H O P E which partners with churches and so, social service agencies and the community to provide no cost trauma informed trauma informed counseling and education to Williamson County residents um, and so today we'll continue that back to school discussion with Mercy Allered, who is our new co-host every uh, Saturday, every, the first Saturday of each month. And, uh, you know, Mercy is uh, just a delightful uh, person. I'm just so glad to have her with us as we discuss back to school warriors. Um, Marlene, remind our listening friends a little bit about Mercy. All right. My pleasure. Dr. Mercy Allered uh, currently serves as Vice President of Equipping and Communication at America Praise. She's married to Brian Allered, and he is the President and CEO of America Praise. And together they are raising three beautiful children to be fully devoted disciples of Christ. 
For the last 24 years, her multifaceted experience has included founding Bible schools in several nations, co-founding and co-pastoring Passion Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and serving as an adjunct professor at Regent University in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and Central New Mexico Community College in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She is also the founder of Virtuous Woman, a movement that unites women in prayer and equips them to discover their virtue in Christ, as well as empowers them to disciple others. Well, that's quite a stellar That is quite a resume. Um, And so many more things, Mercy. Um, Good morning, Mercy Allered. How are you today? Good morning, ladies. It's good to be with you, even if it's over the phone. It is so nice to to just be in your company, and I'm excited about the topic for today. It's one of the things, as you can tell in my bio, uh, discipleship and children and education are are a combined passion of mine. So thank you so much for having me on the program today. Oh, absolutely. We are we're delighted to have you. You know, as I said, this topic kind of piggybacks on. Um, a topic we discussed a few weeks ago. And by the way, friends, you can go to your favorite podcast site and you can find us there. Um, just type in Love Talk and you will find us. Now, that's all one word, Love Talk. And you'll find the three love ladies there with our beautiful shiny faces, a big logo. Um, and you can listen to all of our past programs there. Or if you'd rather use your computer and you can go to Love Talk Network, you can find all of our archives on that as well. I would encourage you to go to that site. It's been fully updated now with some new photos of us and some new bios. So just um, we've got all things new going on, Marlene. I like it. I know. It's been super fun. Now, friends, you may be thinking, okay, Carrie, I don't have school-age children anymore. This topic doesn't really apply to me. And, you know, I can I can understand that. I can understand where you're coming from. But this topic is applicable to your life. You might have grandchildren, nieces, nephews, or neighbors that are in school right now. And you might also be volunteering at your local school. I have, we have a lot of people at my church, Marlene, that go up to the public schools and uh, mentor kids. They read to kids. They just become an advocate. There's so many opportunities to get involved. Um, and so I, I know that you can, will be interested in this topic because the more you understand the daily struggles, concerns, and possibly confusion that surrounds uh, this topic, you um, will find it important to you. So this, this is important to all of us, Marlene. Oh, and I agree with that. It's, um, you know, the Bible t- tells us to train up our children in the way that they should go, mm-hmm. and they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. However... Much of the training of our children today is in the schools, and people need to understand that what happens in the schools is what's going to happen in our next generation. It's the future of this country, and Mercy, I know you are going to – I'm setting you up here to (laughs) jump right in because that is something that uh, is very concerning in this day and age. Right. Before we get to our first question here, Mercy, um, I'd like to go ahead and Marlene and and talk about our key verses today because, you know, our children are just so very precious and the Bible has a lot to say about them. Amen. All right. Well, the first verse uh, is Psalm 127, 3 through 4. It's, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And then Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These are the commandments that I give you today are to be in your, are on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, talk about them all the time. All the time. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, Just beautiful. And that's right, Marlene. Just we are to be impressing these principles on our children 
um, all the time before they leave for school, when they're um, as soon as they get in our cars, uh, just uh, speaking the words of truth over them. Now, Mercy, remind our listening friends about your family. Tell us a little bit about your family so our listening friends can get a little bit of context here of, of your family and your children. Yes, of course. So I have three beautiful kids. The oldest is Chloe, and she just graduated from high school. And she had kind of a hybrid experience. She went to public school, and she was homeschooled as well, um, and then had online schooling. And then Colin, uh, he is an 11th grader this year. He is He has been homeschooled, but is going back into a, a private Christian school this year. And then Lauren, she's 13. And she is in, you know, full-blown middle school, and uh, she's actually going to public school. So I, it's amazing how the Lord has given me, um, I've just been in all kinds of waters, right? Homeschooling and, uh, and uh, public schools, Christian schools, online schools, virtual schools, you name it, we've been there. But um, I just, I love being a mom. It's one of, I think, the the best things in my life, just being a mom and understanding that those three kids are my my biggest task in life in terms of discipleship. Absolutely. Boy, you, you really have run the gamut there. You know, most of us... Um, have experienced, you know, maybe maybe one or two different types of schools, right? But you've homeschooled online, Christian, public, um, all the things. And so you have a, a wealth of experience here. You know, going back to school used to be something that most parents and kids really looked forward to. And this year, I know that a lot of my friends have really faced battles that they've never faced before. You know, as everything's back up and running now after COVID, right? We're in-person school, no mask, and and just um, all the activities are going on again. Um, Our kids are facing some some challenges, you know, ideologies contrary to our faith that are really – sabotaging our educational system and our schools and imposing these ideologies on our children. Uh, We have revised history. We have sex and gender ideologies, critical race theory. That's just to name a few. As we set up this question here, uh, Mercy, with just a couple of minutes left before our break, what should parents be aware of as they send their kids back to school regarding some of these ideologies? I love what Marlene touched on at the beginning because she said, you know, we're, we're responsible for the training of our kids, but we need mm-hmm. to be aware that that a lot of that training happens in our kids' schools, right? Mm-hmm. If if our kids go to whatever school they go to, they're, they're what, eight hours a day, and if they're in sports, nine, ten, eleven hours mm-hmm. a day. Um, and, and and parents need to know this, and, and this program, what God put in my heart is not, to put fear in people, but just to encourage them about their rights and responsibilities that that come from God. But parents have the basic right to direct the upbringing and the education and the care of their kids. Um, I don't know if, if, if parents know this, but the Constitution protects that right of parents. But government overreach and, like, the ideologies that you mentioned, Carrie, they threaten our kids and the rights of American moms and dads. And so we have to be aware. We have to know what's out there and not blind our kids to school. They're going to be okay. And that everything that is taught is just strictly academic, which would be uh, wonderful, right? But it, it's not always the case. And we just have to be aware of what's out there and be involved and uh, deeply, um, deeply committed to the education and the training of our children so that we can fulfill Deuteronomy 6, so that we can can fulfill uh, Psalm 127 that says that kids are uh, like arrows. The kids of our youth are like arrows in our hands. But we, we first have to shape them to become those sharp arrows that hit their target. Mm-hmm. So very true. You know, I think the first thing that should be impressed upon our hearts right now is to pray for not only our children, but every single child as they head to school you know, um, because they are facing challenges. And as much as I can um, talk to my kid and as much as he's like, oh, my gosh, Mom, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> you know, it's up to us to press in, press in, press in. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll continue 
our Tut discussing back to school warriors with Mercy Allerid. We will return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the Love Ladies right here on the bridge, Austin. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. I'm in studio with Marlene McMichael and Mercy Allerid as our first of the month guest here on Love Talk. And we are discussing back to school warriors today. Uh, it's that time of year again, friends. Here we are in September. And, you know, our kids have been back in school for maybe just a couple of weeks. And it's, you know, we're, we're, really realizing all of the challenges and joys and struggles and just issues that our kids have to wade through and cycle through as they go through um, their classes each day. Now, Marlene and Mercy, I heard of this uh, story here in Texas up in Fort Worth. A new kindergarten mommy asked uh, her kid's school, for just a list of books in the library that her kindergartner could read. That seems a very simple request to me. It seems like the school library should have a way to kind of populate within their database age-appropriate books for, you know, five, six-year-old, right? It seems fairly simple in this day and age of technology. They, the district came back or her school came back with a charge of 1200 and some odd dollars, twelve y'all, $1,200 for a mom to get a list of books that her five-year-old can check out from the library. I was appalled by this, Marlene. You heard this story, too. I did. And there's actually a second mom who has an older child who requested class information and got the same charge. And so they are fighting it. And that's the important thing. It is they have a right. I mean, this is transparency. It's all about uh, freedom of information, all of those things. So, Mercy, I know you've got some comments, so I'm going to hush up and let you talk. So, so Mercy, these mamas ask questions. What questions should we be asking of our kids' schools? Really good question. <laughs> um, yes, we we need to be um, proactive in asking what's happening at the schools. We can't just blindly trust our schools. And I know that Texas is different, right? We we live in a great state. Uh, there's uh, much more freedom here than in, in other states that I've lived in, and I love living here. But um, you have to know that some of these ideologies are here, and they're here to stay unless we fight them. And so when we talk to schools, we've got to ask questions. We've got to, we've got to ask it, what is being taught? Like that moms did, right? Hey, can you give me a list? And, and you have to know that when you ask for a list, they can omit different things, right? Because their uh, schools are getting really smart about uh, sex education and, and um, critical race theory and all this. They don't just put it in one class. They put it throughout the curriculum. So you have to ask questions about w- what is the curriculum like? What are your teachers like? Uh, what what are they teaching? What are the moments when this is going to be taught? Uh, what is your policy regarding uh, sexual orientation uh, instruction in the classroom and all that? Uh, those questions are questions that, that parents can ask of their schools without being intimidating. You're just wanting to know um, what's being taught and to know yourself that, for example, Texas has an opt-in and opt-out uh, uh, policy. So in other states, there's you. You're, if you send your child to public school, they're going to get what they're going to get. But here in Texas, we have a chance to know, okay, what is it that is being taught? And we can actually opt out of whatever we decide our kids should not be a part of. And that's a, that's a great right that other states don't have. But um, we still have the right in every state, especially in this one, to ask questions of our schools about the instruction and just the overall uh, mindset of the school. Interesting. So you can opt out of 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 what mercy like certain things in health class or 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 what? Do you have specifics? Yeah, you you can if you find out what is being taught in health class or there's there's sex education classes in in Texas, you will get a form and I'm sure ladies that you got them um 
when your schools were when your schools when your students were in school, there's a form that comes home that says, "Hey, do you can your child participate in our sex education class?" And they tell you what what they're going to teach, and you know, in a short words, and then you have to opt in. And so our right is to say, "No, I do not opt in," but you can also opt out. You can there's a form online from uh, the Alliance for Defending Freedom and from Concerned Parents of Texas that you can actually say um, it's a more general form where you can say, hey, I opt out of any instruction that has to do with abortion, with uh, uh, sex sex changes, uh, transgenderism, critical race theory, all these things right, that are being taught. You can actually just have that form sign it and deliver it to your principal to every one of your uh, of your child's teachers and say whenever this is taught i am opting out and that's your legal right if you want to do it now i don't personally choose to to do that comprehensive list of of opting out but that is a right that that we have right i, mm-hmm. I haven't signed the form but that is a form that in texas you can actually take to your school and say my child will not be exposed to this in any class and at any at any moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good to know because you know, it, and I think parents, the more involved we are, if you opt into this, it's a great opportunity for discussion at home. You know, and I don't I don't know about you, Mercy, but I have to ask my kids very very pointed questions, right? I can't just say, um, you know, how. How was school today, right? I have to say, okay, well, what'd you talk about? What was the craziest thing that happened today in science class? You know, I have to get pretty creative in how I ask a question. Um, and so, you know, what, what are parents' rights? Mercy. So we have this right to opt in and out. Are there any others that we should know about and how do we exercise them? I think we should go first and foremost to the rights that God gave us as parents, right? To disciple our kids and uh, to be the main instructors of our kids at home. That is our that is our absolute right. Our kids at home and what we teach at home is our absolute right. So uh, before we go into what we can opt in and out of and, you know, what we want in schools, we have to know that a God-given right that God has given us is influence over our kids. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be um, educated, not just in, in what's wrong about society, which we just talked about, but but what the word of God says about our kids and to begin teaching our kids not to not to leave this for the Sunday school teacher or for the pastor or the youth pastor, but to say, hey, what are the things that I need to instill in my kids today that prepare them? Like you said, Carrie, you have you don't opt out of all these things. I personally don't choose to opt out mm-hmm. because to me, those provide teachable moments at home. I, I just had one moment the other night when my 13 year old daughter came into the, uh, the house just confused and she said hey we were just um and this is a conversation that's happened for years it's not new but she said we were in class science class and and the and the teacher said um you know this is how the world came about there was a big bang and uh boom we were here right and so a student said i i really don't i really don't believe that i think that god has something to do with it he Mm. just said that and the teacher said Religion uh, is not part of this discussion. You are not allowed to talk about your faith here. This is the way it is, and this is the way it was. There oh, was a big bang, wow. and then everything came out of that. This is in Liberty Hill, Texas, right? Oh, and so I said, Lauren, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you need to know that it is your right as a student to say whatever it is in your mind to say. Mm-hmm. She, she does. She is not allowed to regulate your speech. And so you go into that classroom and know that your mom and your dad support you if you want to express your religious beliefs, your scientific beliefs. And she goes, yeah, I was so mad that he, she just shut my, my classmate down and said, you cannot talk about faith here. And so this is the way it was when we, when many of us in Liberty Hill, right, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't believe that. And so, uh, those things provide teachable moments. But if I, but if, if I didn't know what to say, what would happen in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. What would happen? I, I had to teach her, say, hey, hey, Lauren, this is what the Bible says about creation. This mm-hmm. is what evolution says. And this is, 
you know, these are some ways that you can actually um, bridge that conversation. And I actually had to talk to her about courage in the classroom, about speaking up and about, you know, having teachers and students be against her and still stand for truth with compassion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to do both. We have to be aware of the dangers, but we also have to make our kids warriors themselves, warriors for mm-hmm. truth and strong in their own beliefs and in their own faith when they go to school. Well, and I think I, I think what you just said right right there is warriors, you know, and how great did your sweet 13-year-old feel whenever you said, hey, your dad and I support you? Right. I mean, I'm sure that just gave her all the boost that she needed, you know, to have that courage and have that confidence. Okay, mom and dad have my back. Um, And so I can feel confident speaking up and knowing that if I say something that's a little bit controversial, but I believe it um, and I'm going to offer a different perspective, then mom and dad have my back and they are going to support me. That for a that for a kid is golden. It's golden. And and you know what she said? She said, mom, are you sure? She said, (laughs) if if I, if I stand up for what I, for what I believe and I just commented and she sends me to the principal principal's office, which I think is what's going to happen. Will you back me up? And I said, absolutely. I will back you up and I will go to that principal's office and fight. And I said, this fight is not just for you. It's for your friends, too. Every child has the right to express their opinion. If they believe in evolution, if they believe in, in you know, transgender ideology, if they believe in this or that, or, or if you believe in Jesus and in, in creation, all of you have the right that that's what a secular school is all about. Everybody's opinion is heard, and there's freedom of speech. And so just the fact that she thought of that fear, if I'm sent to the principal's office, Mom, will you help me out? Like That's what they know. If they disagree with anything uh, in school, they will be in trouble. There will be disciplinary action, and so our kids are just coasting to into silence unless there's a parent at home that says, hey, we've got your back. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mercy, I think that's so important because um, one of the things you talk about uh, often is um, bring back the family altar. You know, and, and your daughter wouldn't have that courage if it was not emulated and taught at home. And so I think it's so important that our kids know how, what we believe as parents, but they also are challenged and and taught mm-hmm. that God is supreme and that those are, are treasured beliefs. And so talk a little bit about the family altar and what that means in your household. Yes, that's one of our favorite things to do. We started that before our kids were born, when they were in the womb. I remember when, um, when Chloe, who's 18 now, was in the womb, we would have devotions and, and make declarations over her and read the word over her. And of course, as she was born, she just, she grew up and all my kids grew up in a home where at nine, nine thirty, sometimes 10, I have to admit, mm-hmm. we say, okay, uh, you know, uh, put the Xbox down and, uh, your movies or whatever you're watching homework. We're going to sit here and we're going to, to have devotions. Sometimes those times are super dry and boring. I have to admit that not every night is an encounter with God, like, you know, like nowhere in the world can be seen. But sometimes, I mean, many times a week, we have these discussions that prepare them for life. We talk about the Bible. We pray. We seek the Lord. We ask them, what is it that you need? We talk about the needs in the city. We talk about the needs in the world. And, um, you know, my husband is a pastor, and some people that are listening to us today might say, well, you guys know the Bible. It's easy for you to share the Bible with your kids because you know it. And and I know as being a, a pastor's wife, I've, I've faced that, um, that, that criticism before, and I have to say, no, uh, every parent was committed that, that responsibility to teach the word to the next generation. Like we, we read 
in uh, Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy 6. These commandments that I gave you today are to be upon your hearts. And you're supposed to converse, to talk about them when you wake up, when you, when you lay down, when you're eating, when you're on the way. And uh, it's our responsibility to put it in our hearts. But one of the things that we do that maybe would be uh, fun for families to practice um, if they say, well, I don't know how to expound on the book of Luke or how to, you know, read the Greek and Hebrew. We don't even do any of that. We read a, a verse or two or three, and then we discuss it. We ask questions, and and uh, sometimes we watch videos. But one of the things that we have been doing lately is using this um, online tool called Right Now Media. Right Now Media. And uh, it's a, a tool that's available. Churches can purchase it. Our church purchased it many years ago. Our denomination did, too. And churches can purchase it and give free memberships to their members. And churches can give free memberships to every Christian in the city if they want. So you can actually ask if your church doesn't have a membership to Right Now Media, you can find a church in your community that does and ask them, hey, can I have a free membership? And there's 20,000 different Bible studies on there. It's like the Christian Netflix, basically, <laughs> is what it is. And so right now, um, the five of us are going through this study called... The, uh, let me see what it's called. The radical elimination of hurry. The radical elimination of hurry. And we watch an 11 minute video and then there's a study guide and we discuss it because we, right now in our season of life, we don't have time to sit down and prepare a Bible study for devotions. We just watch the video and then we ask questions about, you know, how can we slow down our lives so that we can make God more of a priority in our lives. Right now, media is a great resource for parents. There's there's videos for kids, there's videos for adults, Bible studies for women, Bible studies for men, study guides, and it's all free to to users. Churches have to pay a little bit, and it's not much, believe me, but it's free to users. And we do this on a consistent basis. I can't say, Marlene, that I do that we do devotions every single night, but many nights, at least four or five nights a week, we're sitting around the table. Uh, praying, seeking the Lord, memorizing Bible verses. And I believe that is part of how you prepare warriors for, for the school year as well, for, for life, really. You know, I, I've been so, um, impressed with my daughter who chose to go to college in Nashville, right? So she just left home a few weeks ago, and my conversation with her on Monday was so incredible. She said, hey, Mom, um, I, I did extensive Google searching to find a church that was like our church at home. <laughs> and, I mean, she found a church where apparently she really, really liked it. And I think the words that, that really impacted me the most were it just felt good. It felt like home. You know, and the even something like that where we don't really understand the impact that our just our day to day or our our weekly traditions or weekly um occurrences, the impact that they have on our kids because they may resist. Right. While they're at home under our roof, they kind of might roll their eyes like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do that or whatever. But she's left home. And these things, you know, I, I just pray continue to be bound on her heart. Right now, they're they're bound up in there, and she's searching out for things that remind her of how she was raised, that remind her of things that bring her comfort. Mm-hmm. And her church was one of those. And it just makes my heart, I, I'm getting, you know, emotional talking about it because it just makes my heart so happy for her to be 12 hours away, you know, and for that conversation to have occurred and for her to just be so happy that she found this place um, that reminded her of home. The things that we do in our homes greatly impact our children. These little conversations that we think don't matter, these, you know, two-minute conversations in the car or while we're walking to the next destination, they really do impact our kids. Um, and so I think we we need to be thinking about that as parents, that these little tiny things that we think are little, man, our kids do appreciate it. Amen. And, you know, 
Mercy, you talked about the the hurriedness that mm-hmm. impacts our lives, and um, I just really would encourage families to hold their children close um, and not be as concerned about um, some of the activities as much as about the traditions of the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about in your own life how many things you do just okay. like your mother did. I know. And, um, and it, you know, the, I can remember a nativity set that my mother had that had to be out every Christmas. And that, you know, that was carried down through the family. You know, just different things that were traditions that were seemed small. Mm-hmm. but we're really big. Mm-hmm. And so your nightly or five-time-a-week uh, devotions with your family, Mercy, are a tradition mm-hmm. that can be carried out in your own children's uh, families mm-hmm. when they get older. And mm-hmm. it's that's the kind of training that is very important. It's not the eye box and the Netflix and it's mm-hmm. not the, the the video things that our kids are so involved with. It's the parent to child training and one-on-one time and the family time and all of those traditions that we make uh, special just because we do them regularly and well and I think for us that's that's family dinner you know um it's <laughs> my kids have the craziest schedules I don't know about yours mercy but um holy cow uh you know now with uh, Logan in public school you know he's wanting to be at the gym all the time with his friends which is awesome it's amazing you know so sometimes dinner doesn't happen until eight o'clock and my husband and I or maybe later and my husband and I are committed to okay we will just wait we will We will snack until the kid gets home, and then we will sit down at the table with him because sometimes that 30 minutes is all we get with him in a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a – just simple, right? Mm -hmm. A dinner. Yeah. A dinner. But we're just so distracted with activities. And you're like the perfect example because your kids are involved in activities, and their call includes sports. Their call includes activities. So we can't Mm -hmm. say, you know – you know, it, it's it's wrong to to put our kids in sports or ballet and all that. Uh, it's not, but it, but the priorities, like Marlene was talking about, focus on the priorities of life. Mm-hmm. If their call includes dance, if their if their preparation includes sports, go for it, do it. But make sure that the most important thing is happening. That they know that mom and dad love them, and that mom and dad are pointing them to God every single day. Whether it's what you said carry 30 minutes a day or in the right to the uh, to the to the school we were uh last year we had an opportunity to do carpooling with one of um lauren's friends and so i was super busy and i'm like okay well can you can you take the girls to school and so they would take the girls to school three days a week those the parents did and then i would twice a week and sometimes only once a week if brian and i were traveling and then the lord convicted me because of deuteronomy 6 and said what are you doing you are letting go of some of the most precious time in your daughter's life and you're letting somebody else take them and so i said lord i'm sorry i'm gonna do so i called my friend and i said hey I want to take the kids to school as much as I can. So, you know, for the last three months of school, I took them four times a week. And I got this little devotional that took three or four minutes. And we would get in the car, and the two girls would, no, at first they were like, oh, my gosh, Mom, we can't be on our phones. No, sorry, put your phones down. Read this little <laughs> And then for ten minutes, which is all that it takes from the house to the school, we would read, we would pray, we would discuss, and it was very minimal. Mm-hmm. But the Lord told me, hey, take that time back yeah. because if that's all the time you have, then use it to your advantage and put the, the commandments and, the, and the, the word of God inside of their hearts. And just think, Mercy, those girls would go to school knowing you and God had their back because yeah. y'all prayed. I mean, yeah. that's, that's powerful. It's big. I mean, they may not have acted like it, but that's powerful uh, anointing uh, protection. It's powerful imagery to walk into a, to an environment that, and all the things that happen within a school. 
Mm-hmm. So that uh, I commend you for that. That's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, friends, when we return to Love Talk, as we discuss back-to-school warriors, um, we want to talk with Mercy and Marlene about Title IX. There's some big changes going on, and we need to discuss that very, very relevant and current event. So stay tuned, friends, for our last segment of Love Talk with the Love Ladies, and we will return after these wonderful messages from our faithful sponsors. We'll return to Love Talk right after this. Welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkader here in studio with Marlene McMichael and our beautiful uh, um, friend, Mercy Allered, as well, discussing back-to-school warriors today. And we mean your kids and our teachers <laughs> and our administrators. You know, I've got to say... Um, you know, Logan's going to Georgetown High School this year, and so far it's been a great experience. Um, and uh, the principal at Georgetown High School, great man. His coach, his basketball coach at GHS, oh, my stars, wonderful family, wonderful man. And so I, I just, you know, as Ashley and I were just perfectly considering what to do about this year for Logan, um, we just really felt that the Lord was going to use him in ways at Georgetown High School that were positive and that could glorify the kingdom. And, um, you know, it's only been two weeks, uh, but uh, we're we're prayerfully hopeful um, that, uh, you know, the, the glory of God's name can just continue to shine. So, um, okay, girls, ladies, we... We need to discuss this Title IX. Um, you know, Title IX was enacted back in 1972 basically as rights for women, um, right? And, uh, you know, saying that women cannot be or you cannot be discriminated against based upon sex. Um, it, haha. That It's just so uh, – this is – wow. Title IX – has become so skewed. Marlene, you've got the documentation right here, so current. August 24th, your document is is titled or is dated. So tell us what's going on with Title IX right now. Okay. Well, I got a lot of this information uh, through Dutch Sheets and his broadcast, his podcast. But um, he's a well-respected Christian leader. But one of the things that happened with Title IX is that, you know, when it was passed, Girls and women faced pretty high barriers in pursuing educational opportunities, particularly in higher ed, but also in sports. Absolutely. And so what has happened is on July 12th of this year, the United States Department of Education published in the Federal Register a notice to uh, proposed rulemaking changes uh, regarding Title IX. Um, And the proposed revisions would expand the scope of Title IX without congressional approval, I will tell you, to include prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. So this is a lot, largely motivating a lot of, um, you know, we can't use he and she pronouns anymore in schools and that sort of thing. It's, It's sort of motivating that. But the issue is it. This affects all public and private schools that take federal money. That includes high schools, elementary, and and colleges. Um, And it does get into the whole um, gender identity issues. Mm -hmm. But the the thing that's important is that there is a deadline of September 12th um, to respond to the Department of Education, your thoughts on this issue. And so I would encourage people to go to a website called childparentrights.org forward slash title hyphen and then the Roman numeral, Roman numeral 9IX. Okay. Um, to look at that uh, policy in detail, and they will give you tips on how to respond, you know, and just what that process is. And, um, Mercy, I know you know much about this, so um, jump in there. So what you just mentioned was um, something that the government is doing to change our laws, right, to see how – uh, the education of women is uh, is controlled from now on. And I love this quote by Abraham Lincoln. He said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation 
will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Mm-hmm. That's true. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. And what have we seen in the last few years? In the last few years, we've seen a lot of this in schools. And let me tell you a story that happened in California. Uh, this this happened a few years ago, and the mom is speaking out and saying, hey, this happened to me. I hope that it doesn't happen to you. But if, if what Marlene was talking about, the changes to Title IX happened, this will be an occurrence everywhere in America. And believe me, it's, it's, it's here in Texas. Okay, so Abigail Martinez, is, it was the parent of, of, a, middle school, uh, of a middle school girl uh, back then a few years ago. And her, her daughter was struggling with depression. Depression, really, really sad, really sad. And so the school on their own decided, okay, well, we're going to give her an outside counselor. We're not going to tell the mom. This is in California, by the way. But please don't say, oh, it's in California. It's not going to affect me, okay, because this, this could happen here. But um, the school said, well, we're going to get you a counselor. We're not going to tell your mom about it. And then we think that your depression has to do with the fact that you have a frustrated identity. So we're going to... Um, tell you to go to the LGBTQ support group. So that it, it began that way, right? And um, then they begin saying, well, you know, if you really think that you that you're struggling with identity, maybe you should choose a new identity. You should be a boy. And what what is the name that you choose? Well, you know, I choose Andrew. Well, we're going to call you Andrew at school, and we're going to socially transition you into a boy at school without telling your mom. The mom catches wind of what's happening at the school and begins to, begins to complain and say, this is not right. And I don't, I don't appreciate the fact that you kept this from me, that she's in counseling, that she's in this group, that she's acting like a boy at school and I didn't know about it. And so the school told her that she was the problem for not supporting her new, her daughter's new identity. So at 16, after Abigail is fighting and saying, this is not right, I, I, I don't want my daughter to go through all these, these things, I don't want a, secrets to be kept from me, the school counselor, when her daughter was 16, um, called the L.A. Department of Children and Family Services to intervene, and they said that, that uh, her daughter would be better served outside of the home. So... The Department of Children and Family Services takes the daughter out of their home and puts her out of her home and puts her in a group home where she is given cross-sex hormones. And Abigail is only allowed to talk to, to her daughter once a week. And those visits are supervised all because she is opposed to this new identity and she wants to talk to her daughter about it. Her visits are now supervised and she is absolutely forbidden uh, from addressing her child's new identity in those in those one-hour visits, or to talk about her faith, or their or her rights would be revoked. And so the school tells her, if we keep her out of your home, she will have a better chance at survival. Mm-hmm. And so Abigail's daughter changed her name to Andrew. She changed her identity. Uh, she moved out of her family's home. She began taking hormones. And by age 19, she was, you know, she left the group home and lived on her own for three years. But guess what? All Everything that the school did to change her identity, to give her hormones, it did not help her mental health. Mm-hmm. She was still depressed. And so at 22, Abigail's daughter took her own life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what was the beginning of the, the problem was she's depressed and she wants to commit suicide. And all these things happened. She was taken out of her home. The parental rights were taken away from a parent. And the result was mm-hmm. that this girl took her life. And before you say, well, that's California. We know that California is like that. Let me tell you a personal story. Uh, a week ago, I went to lunch with somebody who I consider a friend. And uh, we were talking, and, and she was talking about a, a girl we know. And for me, this this little girl is an acquaintance. I've only seen her maybe twice. And we were talking about this little girl and uh, her, her son asks, asks her, is that the girl who is who's bisexual? And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's the girl. Uh, and she lives here. But we don't talk about that. And so the son asks, why don't we talk about this, mom? And she said, because her mom is, does not agree or is not supportive of the daughter's identity. And so we are not going to tell mom that 
that this girl is bisexual. Okay, well, you know, that's her right if she doesn't want to tell the other parent. But this is a public school teacher talking like this, saying, hey, um, this girl is at our school, and we know that she's bisexual. And I'm friends with her mom, and I don't agree with this, but I'm not going to tell her mom that she's going through this. And so this is already in our schools. This is happening. The secrecy, the keep, keep parents away from educating their kids, from knowing what their kids are going through because parents are dangerous. And so, you know, I know that that's a, a scary story, but it's it's something to be aware of because Title IX, the changes to Title IX will make it so that nationally schools can do that, can take uh, rights away from children, rights away from parents, and indoctrinate our kids into into sex changes, into transitioning, and everything that comes with it. And I think the thing that's important here is that um, Title IX is far-reaching. And it's, you know, parents are the ones who know their children best. They're the ones God gave those children to. And therefore, anything that takes rights away from parents and puts it to a school or an institution, a government organization, is is not ordained by God. Mm-hmm. And and that's that above all else to me is the issue mm-hmm. here is that you know schools are to teach reading, writing, arithmetic. Mm-hmm. They're not to transform our children into different people. Wow. Oh, ladies, we we could discuss this topic for another hour. Um, But I think at the root of all of this, Mercy, we want our parents um, to know that and our kids to know that Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now that as parents we need to be attuned to and we need to be talking with our kids. But we also need to embolden our kids um, and for us not to parent from a, a side of fear, but to parent by giving our kids uh, the ability to have courage and to stand up for what's right. Friends, we love you so much here at Love Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Love Talk Radio. You can find us on your favorite podcast at Love Talk, all one word. Oh, my goodness. Mercy Allred, great for you to be with us today. For my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael, I am Coach Carrie Brinkgater, and we will see you next time right here on Love Talk.